0: well praise the lord everyone it is so good uh amen to be in the house of the lord again this morning amen and to be able to entertain the presence of the lord almighty i know you've already been up you've been praying amen you've been seeking god this morning uh, amen and for his love and kindness and mercy And blessings upon us, O God, uh, whatever your situation is this morning, I know that God that will answer, amen. The Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Uh, They shall mount up with wings like as eagles. They shall run uh, and not be weary, and they shall walk. and not faint, praise God, amen. The Psalms just tell us in Psalms 136 this morning, it says, O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy, and do it forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy, and do it forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy, and do it forever. To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy and doeth forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy and doeth forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy and doeth forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy and do it forever. The sun to rule by day for his mercy and do it forever the moon and stars to rule by night for his mercy and do it forever to him that smote egypt and their firstborn for his mercy and do it forever and brought out israel from among them for his mercy and do it forever with a strong hand and with an out with a stretched out arm for his mercy and do it Forever To him which divided the Red Sea in parts, for his mercy, and do it forever. And made Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his mercy, and do it forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his mercy, and do it forever. To him which led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy, and do it forever. To him which smote great kings for his mercy, do it forever. And slew famous kings for his mercy, and do it forever. She king of the Amorites for his mercy, and do it forever. And Og the king of Bashan for his mercy, and do it forever. And gave their land for an heritage for his mercy, and do it forever. And even inherit unto Israel his servant for his mercy and do it forever who remembereth us in our lord's estate for his mercy and do it forever and hath redeemed us from our enemies for his mercy and do it forever o give who gives food to all flesh for his mercy and do it forever o give thanks unto the god of heaven for his mercy, and do it forever. Amen. God's mercies endure forever. They are to every generation. The Bible tells us from the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. I like that part where it says he remembers us and our lowest state because his mercy and do it forever. He redeems us from our enemies uh, because His mercy and do it forever. He gives food to all flesh uh, because His mercy and do it forever. Amen. And we are serving a mighty God whose mercy is endured forever. David says in Psalms 23, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house Uh, of the Lord forever. Praise God. What a mercy for God we serve. Uh, Lord, we call to you again this morning uh, because your mercy and do it forever. You're worthy to be praised because your mercy and do it forever. You have given us life uh, because your mercy and do it forever. You have let us see another day because your mercy and do it forever. You lifted us up uh, because your your mercy, and do it forever. You have clothed us, because your mercy, and do it forever. You have given the roof over our heads, because your mercy, and do it forever. God, you fed us with good things, because your mercy, and do it forever, that our youth would be renewed like an eagle because your mercy, And do it forever. You've healed our bodies because your mercy. And do it forever. You've lifted us up because your mercy. And do it forever. And, God, you are great. And you are greatly to be praised. And I thank you this day, God, for your goodness and mercy which reaches to every generation. We seek you for your wisdom, your knowledge, and your understanding again this morning. Jesus, for loving us and caring for us, because your mercy endured forever. Praise God. Well, I really enjoy living for him. I wouldn't trade it for anything, because I really enjoy living for him. This feeling inside, I just can't hide. And I want the world to know that I really enjoy living for Jesus. Oh yes, I really enjoy living for Him. I wouldn't trade it for anything, cause I really enjoy living for Him. This feeling inside, I just can't hide. And I want the world to know that I really enjoy living for Jesus. Oh yes, I really enjoy living for him. I wouldn't trade it for anything cause I really enjoy living for him. This feeling inside I just can't hide and I want the world to know that I really enjoy living for jesus hallelujah lord i love you jesus Uh, oh i praise you jesus i thank you lord uh, that i have an opportunity to live for you god Uh, hallelujah thank god for the blood this morning Uh, thank god for that crimson flood that flows down upon us in every way, shape, form, and fashion. Praise God. Again, we are so glad you joined with us this morning. Amen. Hopefully you've got your Bible, you've got your pen, you've got your lesson. Amen. You're ready to get into the Word of God. Amen. Again, with us this morning in our discipleship class for a few moments this morning. Praise God. We've been talking from the epistle of John. Amen. And this book is so inspiring. You know, if there's ever been a book that is written in the Bible, amen, that will express and show to us the oneness of God and who Jesus Christ truly was and is, it is the book of Isaiah. Amen. If there's ever been a book written in the Bible, amen, that teaches us how to live And to know the truth uh, and to build our relationship with Jesus Christ, it is the epistles of John. Amen. And we need to realize, uh, amen, John's writings, uh, as I've said before, They seem to be all over the place. Uh, When you begin to read through John's epistles and even his gospel, he seems like he's all over the place. Amen. But you have to realize that John did not write his gospels and epistles around like the end of the first century, amen, At the church had been established somewhere around 85, 90, 100 A.D., down that range. So the church was already established, and so he wanted to encourage them and to build those up, amen. And so it seems like he's all over the place, But the reason he, it seems that he's all over the place is John is writing to us like he's writing a play and he wants every saint of God uh, to understand their part uh, and their role in this play that they're going to have to play. In this life uh, and John is trying to equip us he's trying to build up our faith he's trying to establish us in the truth uh, of god's word so that we understand who we are we know who we are so that we can live and have the things uh, that john God has promised us John's writings uh seem to be all over the place because John once showed joy. To be overflowing, he wants your joy to be full amen, he wants you to have so much joy and excitement in your life with this new life that you have in Jesus Christ that you don't know what to do with it uh, he wants you to have so much joy in your life so that every time you come in contact. With someone else, uh, they are contagious and affected uh, by the joy that is in you. He wants you to have so much in you that when people see you, they realize there's something different deep within inside of you. He wants your joy to be full. He wants you to understand and be able to see what sin really is, and be able to identify sin, and so you know how to avoid sin. He don't want you to be caught in traps, uh, Amen. By the enemy of your soul, he wants you to be able to identify false teachers and false prophets and anyone that is not preaching the truth of the doctrine of Jesus Christ. John wants you to be able to immediately to identify and how to avoid it. Uh, and then he seems to be all over the place because he wants your faith in Jesus Christ to not be wavered. Uh, he don't want your faith to be weak. Uh, he wants your faith to be strong in the Lord. Uh, amen. And he wants you to know that you have eternal life, and he wants you to understand how to get there and to maintain that in your life. Amen. John seems to be a master mason. Uh, He seems to understand where every brick, uh, every stone should fit in the building of Jesus Christ. He seems to show you how to get it together, as Paul would say, all the building fit." Brained together and grow it up unto a holy temple, and the Lord, He seems to wants to know that He seems to be a skills craftsman. He seems to understand how everything should work, uh, and every tool in the toolbox should be used. Amen. And so John has helped us. Uh, he's trying to. Turn on the light. He's trying to get you to see that the important things, as he says, in 1 John chapter 1 chapter 1 verse 5 he says this is the message uh, that we have heard of him uh, and declare unto you uh, that God is light uh, and in him there is no darkness at all Uh, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness uh, we lie and do not the truth Uh, but if we walk in the light uh, as he's in the light uh, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, uh, His Son, cleanses us uh, from all sin. Praise God. We are under the blood uh, of Jesus, uh, so sin uh, should not be in our lives. Uh, We should be doing everything possible to avoid the sins uh, that keeps trying to come in uh, and wreak havoc into our lives. Uh, And so John is trying to get us to that point. Uh, and we started last week in the fourth chapter, as John, first John chapter 4, John calls our attention here to avoiding false teachers and false prophets. You see, Jesus, as I said last week, had already told them and had taught them to beware of false prophets and false teachers that would come in His name and shall deceive many. Amen. And so they had been warned of this. You see, as I said last week, the easiest way to destroy a flock or people of God is to get false teachers in the ranks to teach them the wrong way and to lead them the wrong way. Jesus told them, you go across the mountains and you go across the world to convert one proselyte, uh, and when you converted him, you convert him to twice the child of hell than he was before. Amen. You've got to understand the teachings and the doctrine. Amen. Paul uh, enlightened us in Ephesians chapter 4. He says, God has given some apostles. He's given some prophets. Uh, he's given some evangelists and pastors and teachers uh, for the perfecting of the saints, uh, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come into the unity of the Spirit, and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man, to the fullness of the statues of Christ, that we be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, but lay in wait and deceive. Amen. But we need to grow up. Amen. We need to mature somewhere in this walk, somewhere I can't keep being a child, somewhere I've got to become a full-grown adult, amen, and so we have to be aware of false teachers and false doctrines that will come into our lives. Now, Jude has already told us in his writing, amen, in Jude verse 3, he says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exalt you that you should earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered to who? The saints. Amen. Verse 4, watch this. For there are certain men, which is crept in, unaware, who were before of all ordained of the condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. They was there, but they denied him now. That's why you get some people that when they backslide, they say, Oh, I didn't, I didn't ever believe that. I, you know, that was what I thought, but that's not, that wasn't true. So they've gone to teaching a false doctrine for selfish gain, selfish motives. They've gone, as this writer said, at the 50 lucre. They're trying to build a congregation, big congregation for filthy and lucre, and so they go away from the truth of God's word. So you have to be aware of this. Now, look at Luke, I'm in Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, starting with verse 5 through verse 12. Matthew 16, verse 5 through verse 12. Jesus has just finished They're talking, and all of a sudden, the Pharisees comes up. Amen. And verse 5, And when his disciples was come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Amen. The leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reason among themselves, and is because we have taken no bread, which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, Oh ye of little faith, why reason you among yourselves uh, because you have brought no bread? Do you yet not understand, neither remember the five loaves and 5,000, and how many baskets you took up, neither the seven loaves and the 4,000, how many baskets you took up. How is it that you do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning bread, that you should be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Then understood they how that he baited them. Not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You You see, he's calling them to the doctrine, to know the doctrine, because false teachers are going to come in unaware here. Amen. So there was a warning given to The doctrine. What is the doctrine? The doctrine is the gospel. It is the death. It is the burial. It is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is repentance. It is water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And it is the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence uh, of speaking in other tongues uh, as the Spirit of God give the utterance. Uh, So Jesus says, beware of the doctrine of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. You see, the Sadducees were Sadducee because they did not believe in the resurrection and they did not believe in angels the sadducées was all about power and control if jesus moses didn't write it then it they was not binding to them amen and the pharisees they was all about pride and all about hypocrisy that's why jesus says that the pharisees was outward they looked pure and holy but inward amen they was destroyed amen they was liars they was cheats they was fake uh, but the good thing about the sadjust pharisees they did believe in angels and they did believe in the resurrection but their lifestyle did not line up with the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, And then there was the doctrine of Herod. Herod's doctrine was selfishness, self-centeredness, narcissism. Amen. It was all about him. And these three doctrines uh, cannot be in the church. Of the living God. Amen. They cannot be pride in the church. They cannot be control, amen. In a in an unruly way in the church. there must never be hypocrisy in the church. They should never be selfishness in the church. This is his body. This is his church. It belongs to him. Amen. It's not my church. It belongs to Jesus Christ. I'm just a chosen minister and vessel to labor in his church. Amen. Paul chimes in. Amen. And he tells us in Romans 16:17, he says mark them which cause offense contrary to the doctrine which you have received And avoid them. Amen. He says, mark them. Amen. That causes division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. Amen. You need to put an X on them. Praise God. You need to realize this doctrine, the word offense there in this passage of Scripture Amen. Got a Greek word called "shuko," which means a trap stick. If you ever seen a mouse trap, they's got a little a little rod that they pull that thing back, and they stick it there. Amen. So that when the rat eats the cheese or the bait, it flies, it hits that stick. That stick moves, uh, and as a result, the trap comes down and kills it. That's so Paul is warning us of this trapstick. Amen. Anyone that causes offense and is setting a trap to destroy you, you need to be aware of it uh, so that you can avoid it. Uh, amen. It may look good, but you need to test it, John says. Jesus says you will know them by their fruit. Uh, amen. You have got to test The gospel, you have got to test the teachings that's coming, amen, from the pulpit. Uh, You've got to test the gospel to make sure it can look right, but it may not be right. Uh, He told Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3, he says, I left you in Ephesus that you might charge some that they preach no other Uh, teach no other doctrine. Amen. There's only one doctrine. There's only one gospel. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, If they teach any other doctrine, you need to avoid them. He told Timothy again in First Timothy 4.16, Until I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, continuing these things. For you shall both save thyself and everyone that hear ye. You see, if you go away from the doctrine of Jesus Christ, if you go away from the death, the burial, and the resurrection, if you get away from Acts 2.38, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, you're going to be lost. Uh, If you're preaching any other doctrine other than that of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're going to be lost yourself, and you're going to cause everybody that's following you to be lost too. Jesus says if the blind lead the blind, they're both is going to fall in the ditch. He told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, three sixteen and 17, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections and instructions in righteousness. The man of God shall be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now notice the fourth chapter, 2 Timothy 4. Amen. He says, I charge thee before the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and dead at the coming and disappearing in his kingdom. He says, preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke with all long suffering and doctrine. Amen. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But... After their own lust shall they happen to them teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch, amen, thou and all things and do afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of your ministry. He warns him about The doctrine. Amen. He tells us don't go away from the doctrine. All scriptures is good for doctrine. Amen. Because the word was Jesus Christ. This know also Peter says that no prophecy of the scriptures are in of any private interpretation, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. It is this doctrine, this teachings of Jesus Christ that we must cling to and that we must hold to because if not False teachers is going to come in unaware and lead you astray. This is what Paul would tell Timothy and Second Timothy chapter 3 at the beginning. He said, This know also, and the last days, perilous times, shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous boasters proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affections, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinence, fierce, despises of those that are good, traitors, heady, High-minders, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For this sort are they which creep in the houses and lead captives, laden, civil women, laden with lust, ever learning, but never able to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Amen. And these last days, uh, there are going to be false teachers. Uh, there's going to be false prophets. Uh, they're going to be saying things uh, that is not in the word of God. Uh, amen. And it's going to lead you astray. So we have to realize this so that we are not drawn away by our own lust and deceit. Praise God. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, he says, if this gospel be hid, it's hid to them who's lost and whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not lest the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should be revealed to them. Amen. So we, we, we've been warned here. John says, if they don't confess, that Jesus has come into flesh, they're not of God. But if they confess that he came into flesh, then they're of God. See, you, you, you have to hear what he said. He says, here's the test. See, he says, you can test them by the fruit. Do they believe the doctrine and the teaching of Jesus and the apostles? If they go away from the truth, they're going to err. See, Paul told the church at Ephesus, Amen, and Acts, excuse me here, Amen, Acts 24, 20, excuse me. He, he says, I have made known to you the whole counsel of the knowledge of God. He says, All I deliver to you was Jesus Christ and him crucified. He told the church at Corinth, he says, I did not come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom, but I came to you in the demonstration and the power of the whole mighty God that you should know, amen, the majesty of the truth of Jesus Christ, amen. They did not sugarcoat the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, amen. They knew the teachings. They knew the doctrine. They knew the value of it. But someone slept in unaware and corrupt and changed. Somewhere, somebody got in. How can there be, as I said earlier, so many churches that are different? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is not changed. He's the same. He told Peter, I give unto you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever things you bound on earth would be bound in heaven. And whatsoever things you loosed in earth will be loosed in heaven. So how did we get so many different teachings about Jesus Christ? Somebody has got in unaware. Somebody has changed the pattern. As the Lord told Moses, admonished him in Acts, I mean Hebrews 8, 5, see that you make all things according to the pattern showed you in the mount. I had a lady one time tell me that she saw, she saw baptism in Jesus' name. She saw in filling of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. She saw the value of living a holy and godly life. But she told me that there was she didn't believe that that was the only way. How could it be not the only way? Did not Jesus tell us in John 14:6, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no man shall come unto the Father but by, by me? There is no other way. There is no other gospel. There is no other plan of salvation other than repentance, Uh, water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, uh, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I don't care how you cut it. I don't care how you dice it. I don't care how you slice it. It's going to be the same. They had a common salvation from the inception of the church. Uh, Amen. And Acts 4.12 tells us, uh, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven among men given, whereby we must uh, be saved. Uh, There's not four or five plans uh, of salvation. There's not even two plans of salvation. There's only one plan of salvation, and that is... Is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, Acts 2.38 uh, is just telling you how you apply the gospel to your life. Amen. Yes, you repent. Yes, you are filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes, you are uh, Amen. Uh, baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, for the remission of sins. Uh, and so John says you need to mark everyone. Because you're going to know them by their fruit, Jesus said. Matthew seven fifteen through 20. Beware, false prophets, which come to you in sheep clothing, but inwardly there are raven wolves. Amen. In other words, they're going to look the part, but they get in there. They're going to rip you to shreds. They're going to eat you like you, you know, the big bad wolf with the three little pigs. Amen. What, what was that old nursery rhyme, Little Red Riding Hood, you know, that wolf trying to dress like Grandma? Golden Lock says, what big ears you got, Grandma. <laughs> a big nose and look at your teeth grandma amen we need to realize amen they will look the part just like the pharisees did but inward amen they're raven wolves jesus said and you should know them by their fruit you don't get grapes from thorns and you don't get figs he said from thistles Amen. A good tree cannot bring forth corrupt fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. You're gonna know them, amen, by their fruit. Praise God. So you have to be aware of of these teachers uh these false teachers that comes uh, telling you that you don't need to live holy you don't need to separate you can continue to live the way that you always lived because of the new gospel the new testament jesus didn't teach any of that uh, amen you're you're wrong flash you come too too late uh, amen you've got to realize uh, there is a separation paul tells the church uh, in Corinthians, uh, he says, Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean things, uh, and I will receive you unto myself, uh, and I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, dearly beloved, uh, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit uh, and perfect holiness, and the fear of God in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Amen. You've got to purify yourself. You've got to be clean. You don't want to be walking around looking the same old way you always looked, because if nothing changes, nothing is going to change. Amen. If you're going to still shack up, if you're going to still commit fornication, if you're still going to live in adultery, if you're going to still practice witchcraft, if you're going to still lie, cheat, backbite, steal, if you're going to still do those things and call yourself a Christian, you have been taught wrong, you've been set in a false doctrine, and you're going to destroy your life. Amen. You're going to lose out in the end because this is is the saving gospel. When you get this gospel in your life, uh, you're going to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. Uh, When you come up out of the waters uh, of baptism, you are risen to walk uh, at newness of life. Uh, If you're still gambling, if you're still pulling the one-armed bandit, uh, if you're still playing deuces wild, uh, if you're still playing... uh, uh, Tunk, if you're still playing them old guard games for money, if you're still playing bingo for money, amen, if you're still gambling, throwing the dice up against the wall, and you call yourself a Christian, you're going to know them by their fruit. When Jesus, they brought the woman taken in adultery, Jesus did not condemn her, but he told her, go and sin no more. We got to understand something here, church, that we cannot continue down the same old road and expect to enter the kingdom Of God. You got to change. That's what the gospel came for. Jesus says the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearts, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. For our salvation is near, Paul says, than when we first believe. So you need to mark them. You need to mark those, uh, amen, that let you have a free ride, that don't call you on your wrong, uh, amen. We have got to teach The gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, If not, people are going to be lost for eternity. This is a heaven and this is a hell situation. Either you're going to reign with Jesus uh, forever and ever or you're going to burn in hell for the rest of your life. Uh, You need to realize this uh, and the value and see the value and see the importance uh, of coming out and being separate. Uh, Amen. You will know these teachers by their fruit. Paul told the church in Acts 20, verse 28 through 31, he says, "...take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood." For I know this, that after my departure shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men rise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by space of three years I cease not to warn you, and every one of you, night. And day with tears. Paul says, I know when I leave, the false doctrines are coming in. He says, but you need to hold fast. You need to be aware of it. There's always going to be a man, a woman among you that's going to rise up, that's going to try to do their own thing. Amen. They're going to say, I'm called of God too. But let me tell you something. If a man or woman is called of God, They will be obedient to the leadership that's over them, and their gift will make room for themselves. Amen. God will move upon the pastor. God will move upon the leader to help them get established. But if you get one that's going to try to start his own thing and do his own thing without proper counsel, without proper authority, amen, he's going to take that same attitude and spirit with them, and they're going to cause you hardship when you set upon them. Believe me, I've seen it. I know it. I've dealt with it. Amen. In my ministry, amen, and I've seen it time and time again, and then when I see the saints of God that they pulled away, amen, they don't know what to do. They're just as lost. They don't know how to get home. They don't know what is going on in their lives. They wonder why hell is all turned up inside them, amen, and it's all because of the teachings that they went and set up under. There's not no other way. So Jesus tells us to take heed that no man deceive you because many is going to come in his name and shall deceive many. So John has given us a warning. He says, beloved, amen, make sure that you try the spirit, put them to a test and see, amen, so that you can recognize that third point, those false teachers and false prophets, amen. Father, we praise you again this morning. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your truth and your guidance. I ask you to lead us, God, direct us, and we will give you glory, honor, praise, and thanksgiving in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. We're going to take about a 15-minute break, amen, and then we will be back at 1030. We pray that you would join us again this morning for our evangelistic portion of the service. God bless you.